Amen. If you would please remain standing, our scripture this morning comes out of the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 15, Ridge is coming to read our scripture for us this morning. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Ridge, if you want to come right, right there. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Amen. You may be seated. Not long after we moved here to Oklahoma City, or to uh, Yukon is where our home is, not long after, after we moved here, our daughter was, in, um, had, was just finishing up college, and she had come home for a long weekend. And uh, after she left, a couple of days after, we, after she left, we realized that uh, one of our television remotes was missing. Uh, it, it was a small television remote. It was just for our sound bar. We bought a little sound bar to go with our television, and, and it was a very small remote, about the size of a credit card. So it was, we, we often misplaced that remote control all the time. And so at, as the days went on, we were, we were unable to use the sound bar on our television, and it was, you know, many of you know that I, I, I don't have the best hearing in the world, and so I need a little extra boost by using a sound bar. And we weren't able to use that sound bar, and it was driving, it was driving me bananas. I hate, absolutely hate to lose things, but especially something like that. I knew it was somewhere. It had to be, it had to be in the house somewhere. We tore apart our living room. We took off uh, we took off every one of the cushions on, on, on the sofa. We looked, we moved every piece of furniture. We looked in every drawer that we could find. And then we expanded our, uh, our search. We thought, well, maybe one of us, it slipped into a pocket. And so we went through all of our dirty clothes and checked every single pocket of every item of clothing in our entire, entire house. I finally blamed it on, uh, on Lawson, who had also been home that weekend. And I said, Lawson, what did you do with that remote control? He said, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. And so finally, we relented and we, we, um, we called our daughter Morgan. And we said, hey, do you know anything about the soundbar remote? She said, I don't know what you're talking about. We said, well, surely, I mean, it disappeared. It disappeared after, after you had been home that weekend. She said, I, have, I don't even know what it looks like. 
And so we went, we literally went for the next seven months knowing that that remote control was somewhere, somewhere. So as Morgan was preparing to move to the University of Arkansas to go do her master's study, as she was um, uh, packing up her, her apartment things, guess what she found? <laughs> Yeah, she had had it the entire, the entire time. Somehow it had slipped into a piece of clothing and she had wadded it up in some clothes and stuffed it in a bag. And for seven or eight months, those clothes had laid there in that bag. And she finally, she finally found it. I hate, absolutely hate losing things. I hate losing things. There are some of you that lose, uh, your, uh, lose things all the time. Um, I, I'm sure that Morgan Kennedy is watching this morning. Morgan loses her keys multiple times a day. I, I, I don't see Ridge. Ridge is here somewhere. He would confirm that. Uh, Ridge would confirm that it's every single Sunday morning when Morgan is here, she misplaces her keys at least twice. I hate losing things. I absolutely hate losing things, and I love, I love finding things. Today we're continuing our sermon series dealing with these children's stories these stories of, of the Bible that, that they're often viewed as children's stories, uh, but we have been a, we've been seeing that these are stories that, are, that certainly are often told to children. They're, they're often in children's, Bible, children's Bibles, uh, but we also have found that these stories have deep and significant theological meaning for you and for me today. So our story today is a, it really is a, a very, very simple story. Jesus is, is teaching, and, and the tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to him. And we've already seen this in, in, in the rest of the Gospels as well. Throughout the Gospels, we find that it is, it's, it's the least and the last that Jesus, that are, that's hanging around Jesus. It's not, it's not the Pharisees. It's not the religious leaders. It's not the people that really would probably even make the best neighbors. Those aren't the folks that are, that are hanging around Jesus. These are the undesirables of that culture. That's who's hanging around Jesus. And most of the, most of the Jews of, of, of his time, they, were, they looked down upon the undesirables. They looked down upon, upon the tax collectors and, and the Gentiles and the sinners. And there was, there was no one that looked down upon them more more than the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they believed that one was justified by keeping the law. One was justified in how good you were. If, if, you, if you just simply obeyed those 369 laws in the Old Testament, plus the thousands upon thousands of other rules that they added to the law, then you would be justified and before God and you would be accepted by God. But if you were a lawbreaker, if you were a Gentile or, or someone who did, not, who did not keep the law with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then you were, you were a sinner is exactly what you were. And if you were a good, righteous, and religious person, you had to abstain from being around all of those sinners. You couldn't have any interaction with them any interaction with them. In fact, the Pharisees, the Pharisees said that, that you must not entrust any money to the sinner. You must, you must 
take no testimony from him. You must trust him with no secrets. You must not, uh, uh, you must not appoint a, a sinner as the guardian of an orphan. You must, you must not give, make him a, a custodian of charitable funds. And you absolutely must not accompany a sinner on a journey. I mean, those are the kinds of rules. Their aim, their aim was to cut off all contact, to avoid all contact with any sinner, with all sinners. You must avoid all contact with sinners. Great is the rejoicing when a sinner is obliterated by God, is what they would say. Great is the rejoicing in heaven they would say, when a sinner is obliterated by God, wiped out, that's what should be done with sinners. So they were saying and grumbling among themselves, saying, this man, this Jesus, he receives sinners and he eats with them. He's not just trying to avoid contact with them, he, it looks like he's trying to go out of his way to be around them. And so knowing what was in their hearts, Jesus told them this story about a shepherd. He had, 90, he had 100 sheep, 99 of them. He, as he was counting one evening, he recognized that there were 99 of them. They were safe and secure, but there was one sheep that was lost. Now, there, there are a number of things about shepherd. Some of you may know these things about shepherd, uh, shepherds. Most, most of the sheep, most of the sheep were held really in community. There were no fences back then, uh, especially in the very, very arid ancient Near East. It was incredibly arid. The, 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 the central plateau in that area was only a few miles wide, and then it dropped dramatically down off into the, into the cliffs and into the ravines that animals could easily, easily get lost in. And there, were, there, were always, there, were, there, there was always danger lurking in, in those canyons, especially for a sheep. A sheep had, I mean, a sheep, they have, they have nothing to protect themselves, absolutely nothing to be able to protect themselves. They are absolutely helpless on their own. And so they required a human to watch over them. And so typically, what would uh, kind of the, the arrangement is normally there would be multiple shepherds out in the fields, and they would be watching the, the, the sheep of the entire community. And they would, they would work in shifts. And the lowest on the totem pole would be the one who worked the night shift. I mean, you all have been there if you've worked shift work. Uh, you know, the low, you start on the very bottom and you walk and you work during, during the nighttime. And so it likely would have been during the nighttime that the shepherds realized that they had all of their sheep, but there was one missing. And word would have been sent to town with those, with those shepherds that were getting off of their shift. They would have gone into the, they would have gone into the village and the, the report to the village would have, would have been, everything is fine, but there's, there's one sheep missing. And the report would have been spread that there was a shepherd that had gone and left the 99 who was, that was safe and secure. That's not something that typically was done. It's not, I mean, it, 
it was important to have all of them there. One, the villagers, certainly the owners of the sheep, they certainly would have been asking, how in the world did you lose one sheep? But second, what are you doing leaving behind the 99 that are safe and secure? Don't you know that when the shepherd leaves the 99, there could be a wolf that could come in? There could be danger that could, that could, that could pounce upon the, 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 the 99 that, that seems to be safe and secure? But the shepherd went out and he searched for that lost sheep. And when that sheep was found, there would have been great rejoicing great rejoicing. A party likely would have even been thrown among the village when they, would have, when they would have seen that shepherd with that sheep draped around his shoulders come trudging in in the middle of the night with that found sheep. Dr. Sandy Richter wrote the Epic of Eden study that we have done here at First Church. She did another one on the book of Isaiah, I believe, that we also did. An incredible, an incredible teacher. My favorite Old Testament scholar, Dr. Richter. Dr. Richter said this, if I can go to the, there we go. Dr. Richter says this, God is not simply satisfied with his children being lost. He doesn't simply throw up his hands and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I've got 99 in the fold. (laughs) That's awesome. No. No, God is not satisfied with any of his children being lost. But instead, he has dedicated himself to seeking and saving. That's the story of the entire Bible. The Lord seeking and saving the lost. That's the entire store of a story of the entire Bible. This chapter 15 of the Gospel of Luke has been called the Gospel of the Gospel. This is the very heart of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the very heart of the message of the Bible. God seeks, God finds, and God saves the lost from beginning to end. And when that happens, there is rejoicing in heaven. Dare I say, church, that so often we are way more concerned with the 99 than we are the one. Dare I say, dear church, that our efforts are spent on the 99 our buildings, our programs, our energy, our staffing, most everything about modern churches are spent on the 99. God forgive us. If we're going to be part of God's plan in this world, if we're going to be part of God's work in this world, we must do everything that we can to go search for the lost, to seek them out, to find them, to offer the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to them. That's what we must be about. You've heard me say it many, many times. Dear sisters and brothers, there is a lost and dying world. 
And there are people slipping into eternity moment by moment by moment without knowing the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, help us if we just simply sit by and think that we need to focus on the 99 folks who, who, are, who have already been found. Jesus says, Jesus says, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who, who do not need to repent. There's more rejoicing in heaven and dear saints, there must be more rejoicing here in our church. What that means is that we too, we too must be out seeking, searching, finding, and helping save the lost. Would you bow with me? God, I remember... Just like it was yesterday, 36 years ago, when you sought out this afraid little boy, who was carrying the weight of the world upon his shoulders, trying to be good, but you sought me out like a lost sheep and you found me and you saved my soul Lord help us to remember that there are tens of thousands of lost little boys and girls there are tens of thousands of lost souls within walking distance of our church. And day by day, they are slipping into eternity without not, without not knowing your saving grace through Jesus Christ. So Lord, help us to, help us to commit to being part to being part of your work of seeking, finding, and bringing the lost home to you. In all that we do, in all that we are, oh Lord Jesus, help us to be like that shepherd, leaving behind the 99 that are already found and instead going out into the highways and the byways seeking out the least and the last and the lost that they might be found by you. Come, Lord Jesus. Call us to repentance. Call us to this great work of finding the lost. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.